Hi there, I'm Olympia Papagiorgio, an international recording artist, and you're listening to the Unsigned Chat Podcast. everyone and a very warm welcome to episode 55 of the Unsigned Chat podcast. If you're new to the podcast then a very warm welcome and if you're a regular listener then thank you so much for your continued support, it's much appreciated. Well we're now truly into February, does anyone else feel like we're getting through the months very quickly or is it just me? Might be just me. I want to take this opportunity, obviously if you follow us on social media, you'll know that our going viral artist throughout February is LA-based singer-songwriter Jamie Ali Murad. Please, if you're not currently following him and you haven't heard his music yet, then please do go and check him out. You can listen to him on Spotify. Just search for Jamie Ali Murad. And if you want to follow him on social media too, then do go and do so by searching Jamie Ali Murad across all the social platforms. Okay, so let's get on with the show. This week I have another great artist on the show. This artist I absolutely love chatting with. She's been on the podcast before. I believe it was episode 37 or somewhere around there. We've done some Instagram lives together as well, and it's always been such a great time. So without further ado, Olympia Papagiorgio, welcome to the show, and hello. How are you? Hello. I am wonderful. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good. It's been such a long time. I was going to say that. I feel like it's been actually ages since I've actually spoke to you properly. It has. It has been. When was the last time we actually talked on like a live? I can't even remember now. Uh, the last time you were on the podcast, it was about over a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. I think uh, so. Wow. We have, we have done a couple of Insta lives, I think, since then, but it's been a while. So <laughs> what have you been up to? Because obviously you've got your uh, new single out, haven't you? No titles. Yes. Yeah. New single out uh, came out November 5th of 2021. No. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was like, did I get that wrong? No, it's correct. Um, <laughs> didn't know my own release date. Yeah. November 5th of 2021. And um, it's doing well. I think it's doing well. I mean, it was picked up um, and is being played in over 25,000 locations, like retail locations around the country, um, around the nation. I believe it's also playing in different places in Canada, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, if you go to like, I don't even know, like if you if you go to like a Subway or a McDonald's or um, I think it's playing in a few other places like Ace Hardware or something like you can actually hear the song playing in the background, uh, which is unreal. So that's a pretty big, pretty big dream come true. And that No Titles is doing that. And Salud is doing it as well. Um, Salud was the first single to do that. But No Titles is following, following along. So <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I feel good about that's, that. That's really good. So how did you get Thank you. involved in that? Then how did you manage to reach them sort of locations? Yeah. So I was connected. Um, it's all about connections. If any, if anyone's listening, like who's an indie artist, it really is about relationships. And I think anybody will tell you that it's, it's about relationships. Um, so I, I got connected with, um, some people essentially, um, very nice people. I think they're out in California, really, really kind. Um, and they're connected to a friend of mine who's a singer and she recommended them to me. So basically I was just in contact with them and we kind of went from there. Um, but yeah, they're, they're awesome. They have been very supportive. 
um, and they select songs essentially that they think will do well. And we kind of just moved from there together. But yeah, I would say connections and building relationships has moved music along for sure for me. So is it is it a myth or is it true that the song No Titles is actually called No Titles because you couldn't think of a title? No, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how that happened. Um, it's definitely not a myth. So essentially, okay, first of all, let me ask you, did you come up with that because you knew the answer or were you actually wondering why it was called No Titles? I was actually curious and I just thought, I wonder if it's because she couldn't think of a title. Yeah, so I, this I is... I don't want you to think I was being harsh, though, by saying that. No, are you kidding? No, it's a really funny... I think it's a funny story. Then again, it might not be funny to anyone else. I thought it was funny. So I was sitting down with my producer, and we were kind of... We were going over lyrics, and I was singing the song, and kind of just practicing and you know, all that jazz. And I um, I was like, you know, I don't have a title <laughs> for this particular record. Like, I don't have a title yet, and I think we really need one. And he turns, and he looks at me, and he's like, um, no titles. That's the title. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, so that ending, that little, that outro, like no titles being used throughout the song, um, really came after that. So the song, I don't, I do not believe that the song is hundred percent. I'm trying to think of like the timing of that. Um, but no, I think those parts that say no titles, I have my friend, Broderick doing those vocals where he's like no titles like in the background oh my gosh he's amazing um those little tidbits and even the end where I say no titles baby go check out them titles baby all of those little things those were after the fact I believe so I, or they happened right at the same time like it was it, like we were in the car going over lyrics and I think they happened at the same time but I'm pretty sure that those little plugins of those ideas, like the no titles and saying no titles, baby. I think that came like right after we were like, oh, no titles, something like that. Gosh, I wish I had my life on recording. <laughs> but it was it was around the same time that we had that discussion. So, yeah, I just thought it was so fun. I remember being like, wait, for real? Like, should we do that? And then I was like, we should totally do that because, because it kind of matches the vibe of the song anyway. Like it, it matches what the song is saying regardless. So I was like, okay, I think maybe this is an appropriate title. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so where did the idea for the song come from? What's the story behind the song? Well, <clears throat> I think, so a lot of people listen to it and are like, oh, are you talking about like a guy or, you know, is this towards one person? And I'm like, you know, not really like it's not really towards a specific person it, it is it is written that way though for sure but i think really the the meaning and kind of the juice of no titles how it came up how i started writing was this idea of just removing removing and ridding toxicity whether that would be really you know like people who are causing harm to you or maybe harmful thoughts or criticism online. Um, and I mean, and a lot of those things, right, we pull from like our own life and kind of our own experiences. So it's it, I didn't just like invent it, right? We've all gone through things. Um, and I think, I think that that vibe, that kind of confident energy came from this place of, you know what, like, it, we need to rid the things that hurt us, you know, wh whatever that is, it could be really bad habits or behaviors that we have engaged in, you know, or people who are not good for us, or, you know, sure, it could be a toxic boyfriend that someone had, you know, or, or a girlfriend, you know, whoever that is causing harm to them. So I think 
it was bigger than just thinking of a person. I think that message for me was coming from a bigger place. I hope that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I think the, the songs you write, you've certainly got like a unique writing style for the songs that you create. Thank you. In a positive I appreciate way. That. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I would say like, I am still learning how to write. Like to, I mean, and that's just an honest answer. A lot of artists don't even write for themselves. Um, so um, the, my beginning songs, like my first releases, uh, they were the skeleton of them. Most of them were written by my producer and I co-wrote with him. And I think we've talked about that in the past. We're like, you know, cause his, his writing style is amazing. So I would go in and I'll tweak melodies. I'll tweak words. I'll add Greek. You know, I kind of go in and add my own flavor to it for sure. So I do co-write this particular song. I really took over. <laughs> it came to me so naturally when I heard the track when I heard the beat and it just started this creativity really started pouring out um, more than in any other song for me because as an artist you grow and change in different ways you know just the same way in your life you know as you age and if you're in a particular business those things can change and grow and you kind of go along with them and even in artistry you know you're not necessarily I guess there are some people that are just born with the talent of writing. I was not one of those. So I was learning as I was going and I was learning from talented writers around me. So I would co-write with them and be a part of the process, specifically my producer. Um, so he's, he's just, he's a great, he happens to be a great writer. Um, so we, you know, a lot of songs we would, we would go through together. And this particular song I brought to him kind of written, like basically done. Um, he definitely helped me with some areas. He helped me with the outro. I really wanted like a nice, powerful outro that would kind of all of a sudden be different from the rest of the song. Um, and he he and I had this motivation while we were together. All of a sudden it just came to us. You know what I mean? So it's just been a really cool process to not be isolated in the creation of music and the creation of the writing and the process of that to actually have someone around you who knows what they're doing um, to support you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely learning as I go. But regardless, like, thank you for for that compliment. Um, I hope, you know, I hope it gives a different, unique taste. <laughs> that would be nice. But I think when you listen to the song Salute and then you listen to No Titles, No mm. Titles is like a natural progression of your style. Mm. That's awesome. Cool. Can you can you like explain a little more? What I mean by that is it's just you seem to have got like quite a unique style of sort of writing and your sound in your music mm. and I think when you listen to so it's a bit like when you buy like an EP from an artist and you know when you, you get normally you get like one song on it thinking that's my favorite and then the rest they're okay whereas yours are like that's a good song oh that's a good song that's a good song you know what I mean it's like a natural progression of your wow. writing style of being able to write good songs thank you that's an awesome compliment I, I really appreciate that. Thanks for saying that. That just means the next song that you release, if there's high pressure on you now. I know. <laughs> I was about to be like, well, I am now feeling the pressure <laughs> for the next <laughs> the next record and the next record and the next. Like, can it get better? Um, and even with Salud, there was a part of me with Salud that I was like, can I? I guess every artist experiences this. I wonder. I need to talk to more artists. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, can you? You kind of look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, can you get better than your last record? Like, can you can you do more? You know what I'm saying? And yes. I don't know if I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that comes from like self-doubt more than just like a challenge or 
or you want to, you know, make sure that people are still with you. Like, I'm not entirely sure exactly where that stems from, but there's 100% this feeling of like, can you, can you do this bigger next time? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Because there are some songs that you release that don't do as well as you thought they would, mm -hmm. but you just keep going because you love the, the art of it. You know what I mean? And then someone's like, okay, we're expecting another hit. And you're like, okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to do my best, you know? So, yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because when you've got a song that does well, then you release another song. The expectation is that that's either going to be the same level of success or better. So then as an artist, you've then got to try and figure out how can I make it better than the last one? But sometimes right. you can overthink it. And then in which case the overthinking then cripples you. Right. I think, yeah, I totally agree. And I'm, and I'm definitely an overthinker. And with this, with no titles, and I wonder if you remember this, um, cause you've been such a huge supporter on Instagram and that's where I'm the most active. So I wonder if you remember, but there was a time where I asked everybody on, you know, on Instagram where I was like, okay, do you guys want more of a salute or do you want more of an eighth day, which is the R and B, you know, very love song. And for the most part, people were like, salute. I did have some people that were like, Hey, we would love that R and B, you know, if you want to come back to that. And I was like, Ooh, cause I was tempted. I had, I had a couple of tracks that were both that I was thinking about. And so I wanted to get my audience's opinion. I was like, well, I wonder like what, like, what do they think about it? And so I, I think for the most part, everybody was like, we want Salud, but faster. Like we want Salud, but we want it to be more dance, like dancey. And I was like, hmm, dancey. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I think I have something for that. And so... So I just hooked on to that, to that track. I mean, you know, after that, that was my confirmation because I was already leaning towards it. And that was my confirmation of, oh, you're, you're definitely going to do that. Like that's your song. And I just jumped into it. And I remember, I think I started writing it in the summer of 2021. So it took until from the summer to November to actually release it. If you can imagine what a labor of love it is for me to release one song, um, and I just sat in my car and I would drive around. I would go to class and, you know, to whatever and would go, you know, fulfill hours that I needed to fulfill for school. And think like I would just do so many different things listening to the song in the background. And that melody just came to me. And the melody, I believe, was first before any lyrics. I think it was the melody for me. And I just kept singing it. And I was like, okay, clearly this is stuck in my head. And I guess this is it. Like, I couldn't get rid of it. I couldn't change the melody. That is what happened. So <laughs> I was like, okay, like, that's the one. So then it was, you know, from there, how do we, how do we change the melody even throughout the song from the chorus into the, you know, it was just, it was so many things are going through my head, but it was such a cool experience. It was such an empowering, cool experience. I really enjoyed that. So for your next song, that you have you sort of made a start on that or you know what it's going to be or where's that in the uh, pipeline? Of Good question. I focus so much when a single is released. I might be different from other artists in this way. When I release a single, again, it took me basically a year, right, to release no titles. It is super rare for me to then jump to another record, even, even to record it. And some of that is because I kind of, I really enjoy the marketing part of a single. I really enjoy the, you know, pushing it and 
um, going through different avenues and trying to get it, you know, listened to and things. I enjoy that part. I find that part really, really um, interesting and challenging, but I, I do find a lot of satisfaction from that because it is a product that I've created. So I'm like, where can I push this product that I've created with the wonderful relationships that I've also created and, and hoping that, you know, I can keep them together. Right. And there's a different word for that, but like, you want to make sure that you nourish those relationships too. So I'm like, you know, when I release a song, I really focus on it for a very long time. We're talking like six months to a year. Um, so I have not started on another single. Um, I haven't, I, I think about music literally every single day because I work on some aspect of music every single day in some way, aside from my academics, like I work on them both every day, unless I need a serious break. And then I take like maybe 24 hours or something to let, to like not actually actively work on it. Um, I know my limits, so I do have boundaries, but I, I do work on both. So the idea of me jumping into another record after it just being released a couple months ago makes me dizzy. <laughs> like I can't even like, I can't even really fathom it. I'm like, okay, I have an idea. So what I want to do, like, and again, I'm always open to the more international sounds versus the R and B. And I kind of mesh the two sometimes. And I think no titles and salute. I have meshed them. That seems to be the reviews I get is this, Oh no, it's this R and B like international pop sound you're making. Like you're meshing R and B with it. And I'm like, Oh wow. Okay, I didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? I'm getting these different reviews from people. But to think about writing and starting a whole nother record and I'm not even done promoting, like in my head, I'm not done promoting no titles in this February. And I'm like, I'm not done. <laughs> like, I'm still working on no titles. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm still, I'm still going. Like, I pushed Salute for like two years. I released one song in the middle of that. I, I released Vixen in, in between. But I really pushed Salute, you know a lot um, and and did a lot for it where I felt like I exhausted a lot of the avenues for that record. And there's probably even more I could do. I think, again, you're always learning, but I, I don't think I'm done with no titles. I'm still enjoying it. <laughs> so that's my answer, I guess. <laughs> the thing is, in, in all honesty, with no titles, that really is still in its infancy, isn't it, for its marketing and its potential? Yes, yes. I mean, it's only been a few months. And the thing is, it's like, you just saying then it's quite interesting because unlike a lot of other independent artists where they'll release a song and then a couple of weeks later they go hey guys here's another song i'm releasing and you really go all in for longevity of a song yeah through the marketing side of it so you'll really try and push that marketing for as long as you can before you then start working on another song which is an interesting way of doing it mm. rather than trying to manufacture lots of songs all the time and just give them a little bit of marketing really focusing on the one you're releasing at that time and go all in on it which is a great way to do it thank you so okay so i have a question for you would you say that and by the way i agree in the sense that um i think i am going against the grain with the way that i do this um but it has worked in my favor <laughs> so i'm i'm sticking to the plan but i was going to ask you from, you know, because you have a lot of experience in the industry and you have a lot of experience with speaking to artists, especially independent artists. Um, so I was going to ask you what, when you recommend to someone who is an artist, what do you usually recommend for length of time to market a single? What do you usually say? Uh, I think it depends specifically on a song. 
Um, but there's no reason why you can't market one for you know up to 12 months if it's something that's got legs that can take it that far. Mm, okay. And I always think, with see, with artists, it's interesting because a lot of artists always try to go for a quick win, which is release the volume of music as mm. opposed to release one song and really focus on it. So yeah. I think, you know, there's no reason if you've got a good song where you can't go for a good 12 months marketing it and just getting it out to as many places. And that works for you as a strategy. So I wouldn't so I think, oh, I'm going to change it because everybody else doesn't do that. They're just releasing volume. And I think artists are too quick to try and jump to the next music that mm. sometimes it can actually harm the current song. And it was interesting because um, I was speaking with another artist, Jamie Allen Murad, who's based out in Los Angeles. That's an awesome name. <laughs> You should listen to his episode because we actually talked about a whole load of stuff. But one of the things we talked about is um, he doesn't release like albums. He releases singles, Mm -hmm. but does leave a long gap in between singles because he wants to maximize each single's potential. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's a great way of doing it. I think more and more artists should do that rather than just trying to like get the quick wins because they always say that, you know, you're only ever one song away from, mm. you know, your next level of where you want to get your music to. The right. only problem is you don't know which song that's going to be. <laughs> so that's why but that's why people release so many because they're trying to get to that one song. That's so but, true. Um, but for you, I wouldn't change what you're doing with your strategy. Well, thank because you. It, it works for you. Yeah. It. Uh, thank you, first of all, for giving all that information. And yeah, I agree. I think... I think that that idea of like, yeah, you just have to be pumping out content con- continuously. You know what I mean? And artists look at that and go, okay, well, content is music, you know? So I guess, I guess I'll just, I'll just keep releasing. <laughs> like, and that's very stressful. Um, I also think that some artists do that because they have access to recording equipment in their bedroom. Um, I do not. I mean, I have, I have a, like a, a microphone here and you know, and, and my laptop and things like that. But I go to, I go to a studio now. I'm not, you know, I'm not criticizing people who do music from their room, people who do music from their studio. I have a preference for the studio. I have a preference for, it feels like I'm going to work in a good way. Like I get ready. You know what I mean? I prepare Mm -hmm. myself and this is a personal preference. So I don't want anyone to please don't get offended. It's not supposed to be offensive, but I think when you have access to recording equipment, of course, you're going to wake up at four in the morning and 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 write something. All of a sudden, it comes to you, you know, in the middle of the night and you have this track you've been thinking about and you just go for it. And it's like, well, I can't, you know, I can't criticize you for that. That's the beauty of music as well is that excitement. I think the business and marketing side a lot of the time is missed from independent artists. Um, a lot of the time, it's just releasing music and hoping that streams will somehow bring you something. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. streams don't really offer much <laughs> which stinks. Um, it's really all the other steps. And I think because I don't have access to things in my house, like a whole studio, you know, um, it takes a lot of, uh, money and time and organizing to get my team together and myself together. Um, after I write a song and, you know, figure out paperwork of rights and split sheets and things like that, once all of that is kind of in place, that takes time. 
before I even walk into the studio. So a lot of it really for me is just getting to the studio takes a long time because I have a process of doing it. And it's a process again, that I prefer. It's a process that I prefer that I have found success in that I, and, and it could probably even be better. You know, I definitely think things with paperwork can change and, and you can always make things better and enhance them. But I think when you have a microphone in your room, of course you get excited about a product. So of course you want to release it as soon as you can, you know, and then the actual longevity of the song is kind of lost because then you're on to the next thing. I guess there's pros and cons to really having access to that maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? But I think, you see, I think if you've got a studio at home and you can make good music, then good for you. But I think also if you do it in a studio, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like you say, it's, it's like going to work, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You get into that sort of mindset that it's work, it's a job. Whereas I think when you do it in your bedroom, it can sometimes feel like it's a bit of a hobby. Yeah. Hmm. And I think also because you're obviously paying out, not necessarily just you, but people who use a studio, you're paying out a lot of money to use a studio. Then mm-hmm. you use your time more wisely than what you do if you're recording it in your bedroom at home or whatever. True. So I think there's, there's pros and cons, I think, to both. Because obviously a lot of artists probably can't afford to go to a studio, which is fair enough. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's expensive. Oh, it's very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's very expensive. Um, I have been blessed to have a team, you know, and, and we kind of pull, pull resources together to be able to do a lot of these things, but it is expensive. And I can tell you though, that when, (laughs) when we're in there, I think I was telling someone else, I was on an interview of some kind, um, last week. It wasn't, it wasn't a podcast, so it was different. And they asked me, you know, like, what's your process at the studio or whatever? And so I, th- I think so. Good Lord. I can't remember most of what's happening. Um, and so I answered, you know, by just explaining that when I'm in the studio, usually my sessions are between four to eight hours in one day. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't get a second chance. And mainstream artists get usually from what I have seen <laughs> and what I can guess can get a second chance if they want it. They can go the next day. They, you know, they can go at 11 p.m. and come home at 8 a.m. and then be like, mm, we'll go back at six. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't have that. So when I book a four to eight hour session, let's say it's from one to eight, one to nine, one to six, one to five. That's usually like the time slots that I would choose. If I'm doing that, it there is no break in the session, to be honest. I I go in. And the engineer that we work with, I love him. He's wonderful. He knows exactly what he's doing. Super professional, incredibly talented at what he does, if I do say so myself. (laughs) Um, He's very good. And when we come in, I think he just knows that like we're just going to go the whole eight hours. So what happens is uh, we have snacks, we bring water, and we lay it on the table. Usually I have like a Chick-fil-A cup. Shout out to Chick-fil-A. And (laughs) maybe they can sponsor your podcast. Um, right. Um, you're welcome. Um, anyway, so I, I go in prepared. I eat before I go. I bring my tea, you know, my vocal, I have this like throat coat tea that I I usually drink. And so I bring everything with me. Everything comes with me. I pack a bag. Like I go as if I'm going on a trip. (laughs) Um, my laptop comes with me, my briefcase. I mean, I go as if I am going to work, um, as if I'm going to school, you know, it's for me, it's a job. So in a good way, always in a positive way. So I walk in, 
and I go, I warm up for a second. We usually play some kind of music before, and it's usually not mine. It's usually a different kind of song to like loosen me up because <laughs> I always get butterflies and I always get nervous um, and so scared. So I'm like, okay, like I still to this day, I get like, ee, you know, I'm like, I'm so nervous to sing. Um, so I go in there and I'm like, okay, somebody put something on and let me, let me like shake this off for three minutes or whatever. So we usually put a song on. And once I get into the booth, um, I don't leave the booth. Like I, I really don't. I leave the booth maybe to go to the restroom once. Um, and then I come right back in and we just go at it like recording and correcting and listening to notes acapella, like without the uh, track, you know, without the track behind it, we'll remove the track, we'll mute it. So I can just hear notes, you know, and, and then we listen to the whole song with just the voice and how harmonies are layered. And the engineer, that engineer, like he, he's awesome. I swear he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't ever leave the room the whole eight hours. I, I don't know how, but sometimes he doesn't get up and we don't, we really don't have any breaks. So if we have another artist that comes in, like if we have someone else who wants to record that day with us, right? Because we we have other artists that we work with. If it's like, okay, Olympia, you have the first like four or five hours, like see if you can knock out your record. But we we have the last two or three reserved for someone else that we know, that you know, that's coming in. So they'll come in. And again, it's right back to the next person. If I'm out of the booth, the next person goes in, the next track is loaded. And it's, and I mean, it is a machine. Like we, we just work that way. That doesn't mean we don't have fun, you know, mm -hmm. or like take three seconds to look at each other and be like, everybody okay? You know, <laughs> like we do little check-ins and we make sure everybody's fine. But when you are making it, you know, a job and you put finances together so you can do this thing and you book a session and you, and you got a specific engineer, like you're correct. Like you go in and it's a mission for the day. And I probably 99% of the time will not have a second chance to correct a song. I usually never do. So I, I go in there with, with the intention. The plan is to finish the record. It's not mixed or mastered, but it's finished, you know? And that's, so, that's, a, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> are, you, are you one of those sort of, maybe, I was just going to say, maybe the, uh, the, the person that doesn't leave for the whole eight hours, maybe is too afraid to ask you if you could leave to go to the restroom. <laughs> no, I feel like, I feel like if he needed to go, he would tell me. I don't know. He's amazing. He just, he's such a like good, I don't even know how to describe him. He, he's so committed to what he's doing in the moment that I think he forgets about himself sometimes. So like if I, you know, I'll be like, is everybody okay? Like I can step out for a second. Do you need to, like, he's just in it. And and I mean, he'll get up, obviously. I don't think he's afraid of me. I don't be afraid of me. I, <laughs> no, I was joking when I said I think he's afraid of you. Yeah, I hope he's not. No, he's wonderful. I don't think he's afraid of anybody, actually. <laughs> he's awesome. Um, but no, I mean, he's just amazing in the sense that he he knows that we're working. And he he goes in there prepared to be there the whole time. You know what I mean? And he does get up when he really needs to. Like, he'll tell us, he'll be like, I'll be right back. You know, like, And he'll go for a second. Or if he's like hungry, because sometimes we get really hungry depending on what's happening that day. So, you know, sometimes if we don't have enough snacks or we just don't feel like, I don't know, having crackers, like little cheese <laughs> crackers or something, we'll end up ordering something and, and someone will go grab it and bring it or, you know, something like that. So we work it out. We work it out and we read the room if, you know, because sometimes I get fatigued of my own voice, <laughs> you know, or my own criticism of, a vo of my voice and I need a second. Um, I'll step out of the booth at that point. And I'll come into the room and just be like, hi, can we, I like, I need a second, you know, and, and no one's, 
no one's ever like, oh, what? What do you mean? They're like, oh, okay, yeah, we've been going for four hours nonstop. You should, you should take a second, you know. So they're very understandable. Are you one of those people that when you're in the recording studio that you can do things in one take? Um, hmm. I'll edit this pause out, don't worry. That's a good, <laughs> no, that's a great question. The reason why, the reason why I'm hesitating to answer, um, I think it depends um, with, okay. So I, I can definitely go into the studio and I like, I think I have learned about myself that I like going through the record at least once or twice all the way through. And I think I'm learning that about myself because I have found that if I do chop it up right from the start, um, that it becomes, I don't know, it becomes almost um, disconnected, like too much. So with no titles, I remember because Amber, which you, I think you remember Amber, she, she didn't know what no titles really sounded like before we went in. She knew the track. She had heard the track. She had heard a little bit of me singing. Okay. Cause she had come by and she was like, okay, you gotta let me hear a little bit. I was like, okay, I'm gonna let you hear like the beginning. <laughs> I'm like, that's all you're going to get. Um, and cause I always like to surprise her. So when we went into the studio, she had not heard the final version at all. So I remember when I got in the booth, I just started with doing parts initially. And she was like, Olympia, can you just sing? I just want to hear the whole thing together because she she also hadn't heard it. And I was like, mm, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> so, and so I sang the whole thing, the entire thing. And I think I realized then that that's actually really the way for me to start is by just doing it in one take. And you know what? There have been records that I have done parts just the first time and never touched them. And I thought it was fine. Um, so I definitely have moments, uh, where I can kind of run through a whole thing and actually take parts from it that I love and keep it as mm -hmm. a dry run. Um, but after I sang the entire thing, we did go piece by piece and corrected what we thought shouldn't be there. So I definitely, I would say I would start with a full, a full run of the song recorded. I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know, from when I've been in the studios before with artists and they record like piece by piece, mm -hmm. they keep recording the same piece over and over. <laughs> and then it gets to the point where the song, the bit of the song you actually like, you're now starting to like hate it because you're just hearing it yeah. so many times. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> after I, have like, <laughs> I have done that. I have done that. Because I still technically do piece, like piece by piece after, like we go through each piece and make sure yeah. things are stacked and harmonies and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and most of the time, like we don't keep the full one take, you know, or two takes, like we don't usually keep the whole thing. Like we'll go through and do piece by piece. I just think for my own sanity and also, and I'll come back to what you're saying, but also for the engineer too, like personal preference, I think it's good for them to hear the song in its entirety to know where you're going to go. And then we yeah. chop it by then and re-sing those parts. I think where it gets a little complicated is when you become obsessive about one part, like you said. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I have done that for sure. Uh, have I become like so sick of it that I didn't want it in the song anymore? No, but I have absolutely done parts over and over again where my team is like, okay, uh, I hear no difference from the first time you did it <laughs> to the 15th time that you've done it. Yeah, like it has been 87 minutes that you have worked on this one part. 
Like we need to stop. You know what I mean? And they, and there have definitely been moments where like, Olivia, you're killing me. Like there is no difference. You know what I mean? I'm like, really? You didn't hear like, I don't know if I felt like it was flat. Like I just become so obsessed with it that I lose the sound of that area of that section. And I, and I have to stop. Easy, isn't it? It's easy to get like obsessed over like one song that you think, or one part of a song, sorry. That you oh, think, for oh, sure. Just improve that. I could just improve that. But yes. Yeah. I could just imagine that gets to the point though where like the producer and everything's like, turn the lights out, you know what I mean? And like, trying to, like pack up and still try to get this one part done. Yeah. There's got to be limits. Like there's got to be limits. And if I'm, if I'm stuck like that, like I'll try to do something to break it up for myself. Like sometimes I'll turn, I'll actually turn off the light in the booth where I am. Because okay. I'm like, is this coming from me being nervous? Like, why am I so fixated here? You know what I mean? Do I need to turn off the light? Like, you know, I'll just kind of shut it off. Um, and then sometimes I'll come out and be like, let me hear it in the actual room with the speakers instead of in my headphones. Maybe it'll be received different, like, or differently. Like, there's, I have kind of a different things that I do to break that up because you can, you can get those obsessive thoughts when you're a person who creates music, because a lot of us are perfectionists. <laughs> so you can get really obsessed with them. And I, I mean, I turn to my engineer all the time and say, Hey, what do you think about that part? Like, is it lacking confidence? Is it lacking depth? Is it like, what do you think we should do? Um, and there are the little tricks to fix those things like by stacking or doing a different harmony or whatever, like there's little ways to kind of correct those things. Um, but you got to get yourself out of those thoughts. It's difficult. I think the thing as well is that when you write the song, you've obviously, you write it the way you think you want to, it to sound. And then obviously mm -hmm. when you to record it on the time, it may not just sound quite as you wanted it. So that's why people like get fixated on a certain part that they want to keep. Oh, that's again. a good point. Nailed it. You know what I mean? Because when they wrote it, they had in their mind a specific sound or the way it was going to form. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think for some people it is that way. Cause it because you don't really know what you're doing when you walk into the studio. Like in the sense that you don't know how it's gonna really sound. Um, you're going in with the hope, right? That it comes out the way it did in your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me with no titles, it, it went beyond my expectations in a positive way. It was better than what I had in my brain, um, which was such a magical feeling. And I think my team felt the same way. So it was even better. But when you go in there and you have an idea of a particular, cause that's happened before with our team. Like we have a, we have a specific idea about something and we're like, Ooh, that did not quite, that did nope. You know, that didn't quite work out the way we thought it would. Maybe we should scrap this one, you know, and that does happen. Um, so that we're definitely not perfect, but those are pretty rare times. I think for me personally, those are so, rare because I, I focus on one song at a time. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. So with no titles, mm -hmm. how different is the finish of it from what you had in your mind when you wrote it? Um, okay, let me think about this. Let me see how exactly it was different. Um, some of the effects, like the echoing that go from like left speaker to right when they go back and forth. Um, mm. If you know, I think you know what I'm talking about. It's like in the, it happens towards the end, in the middle of the song and towards the end of the song, there's like this echo that moves between mm. the speakers. That was not, I don't remember that being a specific thought in my head that it would happen that way, that it would sound like that. Um, but when I heard it, 
Because when we're in there, we're continuously tweaking. So when we're in there, we're always asking our engineer, like, okay, what what could really add to that space? You know, there's this weird empty space there. What could really add to that? You know, and he's, again, he's so incredibly talented. So he, I think he came up with it then with us. Like in the studio, we came up with that. I'm trying to remember exactly how that happened. But yeah, I, I don't remember having that in my brain before. Um, I also wasn't sure how the vocals, um, well, I know how my friend sounds. His name is Broderick. I know how he sounds. Like I know how he sounds recorded. He was the first person I thought of to even do anything in the background of the song, but I didn't know what he was going to do. So I told him, <laughs> He, I kind of just shocked him. He walks in and he was doing content for us. He's also, he owns a photography, videography company. And so he does a lot of my pictures and things like that. His the picture that I use for no titles is him. Like he, he took that photo of me. So he's, he's super talented. So he walks in and I was like, Hey, um, I don't know if you remember, but, um, I need you in the song. And he was like, what? And he's like holding his equipment. And he's like, Ugh. and I was like, okay, you ready? <laughs> like I had finished essentially putting down, you know, my, my vocal, like we finished tracking my vocals and I looked at him and I was like, so you're, you're ready, right? Like you're, you gotta go. And he's like, okay. So he put his equipment down in the room he jumped in the booth um, and we're looking at him through this glass, you know, and I really didn't know what he was going to do. I, I really gave him no direction. Okay. <laughs> I, I said to him, I said, okay, I just need you to listen to the song. Like you have, you have it in your headphones for a few times and add whatever you think you should add to it where you brave think it fits. Move. That's a brave move. Yes. I just, I, yeah, I guess so. I, and I just, cause I told him, I said, I said, now listen, if we all hate it, we can all talk about it. <laughs> you know, we can all figure out what to do with it. I said, but I, I trust you. You have an awesome voice. I was like, you just add whatever you want to add. Just, just improvise, listen to the song and improvise. Everybody was like, okay, are you sure? I was like, yeah, this is, this is the creative process. This is the fun part. Let him do his thing. So he went in there, all the things that you hear in the background, like the oohs and the ahs and the, the how he says no, to, like those things are him. Like he, he went in there and added those sounds. And obviously we took things out that we didn't like. And, you know, we, we, then when we figured out exactly kind of what he was going for, I had more direction, you know, more creativity came to mind as he was going. But that's the, that's the exciting part of being in the studio with people is it, it comes to you while you're there, as long as you're open to change. And I was so excited because he's got this awesome voice. So I was so excited to hear his voice, you know, on the track to add a lot of depth to it and spice and different character, you know. And when he went in there and did, you know, added his voice and did the ooze and the hums and saying no time, I was like, oh, this is perfect. I was so ecstatic. It was such an awesome moment <laughs> it was such a good moment so yeah is that's that, how it changed is that when you kind of went to yourself i knew what i was doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> because right. it, is a, it is a brave move though isn't it because it could easily have gone one way or the other yeah and i think the way i looked at it was because i even told them you know i said listen we're experimenting if you go in there and and for some reason you're not feeling it we're not feeling it i was like we just won't use it you know i'm very honest i mean and he's, he's literally one of my closest friends. So like he knew exactly what I was saying because it wasn't personal. It was like, if it doesn't fit the song, like 
we just won't use it. But I was like, I have a lot of faith in you, though. Like, I really trust you. Like, go do your thing. And he was like, okay. And he has never been on any of my songs. He has never done any of that with me before. Not that I can remember. I don't remember doing anything with Broderick, like, in the studio, like, where he's recording with me. I don't think we've ever done that before. So he was just like, uh... Okay, I mean, he must have felt the pressure. I wish I, I like, I wish he was here. We could ask him, you know, but I don't want to put like words in his mouth. But yeah, I mean, sure, I guess we can consider it brave. But at the same time, you have the choice of removing things you don't like as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was a, it was a risk because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But I just, I don't know. I had this feeling that he was just gonna knock it out, and he did. He really did a great job, and I and I love the parts that he's in. He did an awesome job. So will you be utilizing his services more than for uh, music? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I don't I don't see why not. I mean, I think he did a great job. And I mean, in general, we, we love him in the studio because he's good at what he does with his photography and videography as well. Like, he's the one who recorded that little bit of me doing my interview where I'm like, hi, it's Olympia. And, you know, I have a new song coming out. That was at the studio that day um, that he did that. So he I mean, he knows he knows what he's doing. He's talented and obviously in many ways, you know, he's talented in videography and photography and he's talented in the studio. And he he actually has his own music out too. So I knew I knew the talent of his voice. Like I knew the quality of his voice, I mean. So I'll probably definitely ask him to do things in the future as long as he's willing to do it. <laughs> as long as he says yes. <laughs> yeah, as long as he says yes, I think it would be great. So, yeah. So basically what I'm taking from that is that you'll, you'll ask him what really he's been told. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I'll ask him and it will be strongly implied that he has to do it. No, I'm kidding. If he like if he straight up was like, no, I'd be like, oh, OK, well, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> My feelings might be a little hurt, but I would never push anybody to do anything they don't want to. But the yeah, you, the one thing I want to ask you about and I appreciate we're on a bit of a, a time constraint. Yeah, is, yeah, I know. Um, obviously, on social media recently, there's been a lot of artists posting about um, content creation versus musician. So hmm. do you see yourself as a music artist, a musician, or do you see yourself more as content creator? Because obviously at the moment, it's like a lot of hats isn't it, that people have to wear with obviously promoting yeah. the music as well. So where do you kind of see yourself in that sort of space? Another really awesome question. Okay, can I, I'm going to flip the question on you because you're a person who's receiving like you're an audience to what I'm posting. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious. And I guess I'll answer it after, but I'm curious. How are you? <laughs> I'm not going to answer your question yet. You're going to have to wait. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I'm really curious, like before I answer, because I don't want to influence what you're going to say. And I really want to know your opinion because I value your opinion. How are you receiving what I am doing online? Can I just say, before I answer the question, I will answer the question. But- <laughs> I've, I've never done a podcast before where the guest actually asks me some of the questions. <laughs> I actually, I, I love our conversation. I genuinely do because we always have such a great uh, conversation, <laughs> such a great laugh. But I've never had, you know, I feel like I'm being interviewed on my own podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interviewing you now. The tables have turned. No. <laughs> well, because I don't, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm here to learn too. You know, I'm, I mean, obviously we'll come back to the question. I'm flattered that like you would even want to have me on your podcast, right? Like I'm. I'm, I, I find a lot of value in that and I'm very 
appreciative and thankful and grateful, you know, for having the opportunity to talk. But at the same time, like I can learn so much from you. Like you have so much to offer as well. And so I have all these little questions and I mean, when, when else am I going to be able to ask them? <laughs> so that's my question. <laughs> so my question, so my question that actually that you're now asking me is, do I yes. see you more as a, a content creator or a music artist? Yeah. How do you receive the things that I post? It's actually interesting because I would say it's 50, 50. Okay. And because it, it's, it's a balancing act because on the one hand, independent artists, unless you've got a lot of money and paying for PR and everybody else to do all the sort of marketing and all your social media for you, mm-hmm. it, it's that balancing act of being able to do both things. So I think, whereas art, and I, I posted about this, I think, recently, or I was meant to post about it. I either posted about it or I was meant to one of the other parents. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's interesting because artists don't seem to do a lot of marketing of their own music hmm. what, what I mean by that is it's like they release a song and they'll push a post out on social media that takes about 30 seconds mm-hmm. and that's literally as far as the marketing for a song goes hmm. whereas I think you kind of go a bit more in depth with it you know what I mean as in you'll add in like parts of a song or parts of a video or something to a post so it's a bit more content creation than being an artist, but it is a 50-50 kind of act of what you've got to do. And I think at the moment you're kind of like down that middle because you really market your music for longevity. Mm. You know, like earlier we were saying, you know, that you can take six months to a year for with the marketing of your music. Yeah. For you, you, you are doing quite a lot of sort of content creation, yeah. if that makes sense. No, it totally does. I actually feel the same. So uh, that's really cool that we we understood it the same and that someone who's kind of watching what I'm doing from the outside, right, as, a, as an audience member, as a person who consumes this content and, and music and marketing that I'm trying to do my best at, um, which takes a lot of time, but I'm, I really am trying. Um, I feel kind of the same way, but at the same time, I feel 100% of both too. Mm-hmm. And because... I feel as though I'm fully an artist, but I feel the business and marketing side and the content creation 100% as well. So for the sake of the conversation, 50-50 seems accurate to even how I feel um, because, yeah, there's I, – I don't – it's cool to hear from someone who's who's watching and, and listening and, and supporting the things that I post say it's recognized. Like that's a really good feeling because I really do put a lot of work into it. Um, And there's so many steps that I take before I do that, you know, with like getting a videographer in the studio and getting behind the scenes, like that's its own beast. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, Like that's its own beast. Um, And I'm lucky that I have a person who is more than willing to do that and works with me in that and takes pictures of me in the studio. You know, there's just so many little pieces that I really try to show all the parts of what it means to be an artist, you know, and what it means to sing. And even the the videos that I post from like the Christmas show that I did um, this last December, you know, putting those little moments where like the sound went out. Did you watch that video? I don't yes. know if you saw it. Yeah. Like, you know, for me, it was, I don't know how many artists do that, like show those little embarrassing moments, but I was like, that's real life. Like that really happened in the middle of the show. 
the sound did not work. <laughs> like I almost didn't have a show and I had to come up like with something on my feet to hopefully keep the audience uh, happy because I felt bad, you know, that for the song, the sound, there was a distortion in the sound. And those are real moments. Even those moments that, that you post, you know, you don't have to post like really intimate personal things, but whatever, it to each his own. Um, but like even that moment for me was was a kind of marketing because it was letting people know like, hey, nothing is perfect here. <laughs> I am not a perfect person. I mean, you can, you you know, that's just, I don't know. I try to just be myself and, and in, in my marketing. And I appreciate that you recognize that it, that I'm going an extra step because I do feel that way about what I do. I do feel that I go a, a little extra, even for myself, like not criticizing, not criticizing others or their way of marketing, but I feel it on me that I'm doing extra. You know what I'm saying? You feel the weight of like what you're posting and you feel the time that you spend to cut up video, you know, and edit them and make sure that they fade in and fade out and that the noise isn't too much. And there's just so many things that you do. So I feel 50-50 when it comes to being a content creator versus an artist, because I guess the content creation is the marketing side. Absolutely. And I think it's everything you do, it's almost like it's carefully choreographed to make sure that there's a meets a certain standard. Oh, you know, to make, you. So, so you have like consistency of what you're doing. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but even on your Instagram, I don't think I've ever seen, like, a drunken photo of you falling out of a nightclub at 2 o'clock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Uh, yes, I know what you mean. And no, I don't, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I've ever posted anything like that. Um, I'm definitely, like, silly and, you know, can be um, kind of raw in that way, like, silly. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't think you've ever seen, I don't think I've ever posted anything like that. <laughs> I'm pretty, uh, I have kind of a schedule and an expectation as to what I'm posting. Um, so yeah, I, that's good. <laughs> you're, you're literally that way. You can be going back through all your Instagram photos. I know. I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't think I, I don't, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm like, no way. But you know, I, yeah. I still try to be authentic though. Like I don't want it to be a completely polished to the point where it's like, oh, she's this unrealistic person that's untouchable. I really don't want that. But no. at the same time, right. And I hope it doesn't translate that way, but it sounds like the way you're describing it doesn't translate that way. But at the same time, it's not the other extreme of like, oh, we have no idea what's going to show up here. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't come across in a negative way. Okay, good, good, good. So it's, all, it's, all, it's all very positive. But I mean, obviously, like you do share um, the other side of your life as well, which is your studies and what yeah. you're doing there as well. So it, it's nice for people to see that sort of balance. But even that is like kind of choreographed in quite a nice way as well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I do. I do think um, a lot before I before I post, I kind of think sometimes there are days where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I did not plan this correctly. I haven't posted in a while, you know, and I hate those moments and really like planning ahead of time, like even two, th three, four weeks of uh, posting is actually probably the best thing to do. But I, I don't always have the time to sit and do that because I am a full-time student, you know, a full-time doctoral student. And there are demands from that that are way beyond, um, you know, when it comes to time and the expectations. So I don't always have the time to be like, let me plan out the next 30 days. You know what I mean? It just doesn't always happen. Um, but I do, I do try to think before I post and do little like throwback things or tips, you know, for musicians or tips for vocalists or 
experiences, you know, being vulnerable and things like that. And I, I hope that it is, a, I hope it's being received in a balanced way. You know what I mean? I hope it's being received that like, I, I'm trying to, to be myself, you know, I want to, I want to be myself. I want somebody to, to go on my page and be like, oh, I'm going to say hi. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a good feeling, you know? And I, and I hope, I hope I am a person that people can reach out to that they feel they can reach out to. I always imagine you to be behind the scenes to be like Monica from Friends, you know, like really OCD organizing <laughs> by ring binders, alphabeticalized, color code, <laughs> cross-referenced. I'm definitely, I would say I'm pretty organized. I wouldn't say I'm, I don't know if I'm that organized, like to that extreme, but I do have an agenda, um, literally a little agenda, like a little notebook that I've created into an agenda, to be honest. And I use like two or three different calendars like that are connected to my phone and my computer that have everything on them. So I have like checklists and, you know, when I have questions for things, I use my little notepad on my laptop and I have all kinds of ways that I kind of stay organized. Um, but I also, you know, I can't really do everything by myself. So I'm lucky to have a team too that can kind of negotiate things with me and, and take some, some of it off of my plate because it can be a lot. And I can't do it. I can't do everything by myself. I do a lot for sure, but I really cannot do every single part alone. That's just too, it's too difficult. And I think that's another thing artists have trouble doing is asking for help sometimes, like, especially if they're me and they're perfectionists, <laughs> um, is just asking for help. Um, it doesn't mean you need like a manager right this moment, but if, if you're getting to a place where you're having trouble managing the things that you're doing in your schedule, then yeah, you need to really look into having an assistant or some kind of management, I would say. And like, yeah, I got to a point where I was like, I cannot man all of this. I mean, I guess I technically could rip another hour out of my day and really drain myself, but well, no, <laughs> mm -mm. we have to be kind to ourselves. You know, I can't, I can't do all of that. So <laughs> but I think, um, I think what you're doing is working for you and it's it's been really good the, the way you're you. kind of doing it and I always love chatting with you and I'm obviously very aware that your time constraints is <laughs> passing by so I know thank you I absolutely love chatting with you because I think you're such a great guest to have on the podcast and thank you we always have such good sort of banter we talk about we do we do <laughs> We do. I always enjoy our conversations. So when you asked me, I was like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> anytime, anytime. We'll have to do a live at some point as well. Yes. I was going to um, say that we'll have to do a live. Yeah, we'll have to do a live at some point. Um, that would be a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, and maybe next time I can really interview you about stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you haven't already today. I mean, this was like 20% of what I probably could really do. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I hope I hope people find when they listen, they find the value in what you have to say, because you really do how see, that's the thing about hosting a podcast or, or like asking, you know, doing interviews like in your position is that you don't really get to always talk about what's happening with you. So I want to ask and see what's going on in your head about stuff, you know, and how you receive the artist and how you understand, you know, even what I'm doing. That's important information. And I love hearing your opinion. So <laughs> I oh, value it. Yeah, of course. You're welcome. I really value that. So thank you for answering my questions that were basically your questions. <laughs> I yes, just threw them back at you. <laughs> <laughs> I've, never had that, I've never had that on a podcast. Where basically, <laughs> There's a first you, for everything. No. <laughs> you, you get stoned, you ask them a question, they just ask you the same question, you answer your own question. <laughs> right. I wonder if that will be a warning like amongst interviewers 
where they're like, okay, if you interview Olympia, she might ask you the same question back <laughs> because I want to know. I just want to know. So, do you know, the top of my head, though, I, that, that could be like a really good podcast that we could do in the future. Like, we, we, we literally could co host where, where I ask you questions and you just ask me the same question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you kind of could. It's like, yeah. I mean, literally, whatever question you're asking me, you just have to prepare your answer because it's going to be the same question. <laughs> we could do oh. that. But yeah, it was it was really good talking. Though. Like, I, I, I enjoyed this and I, I appreciate you bringing me on again for the second time. Woohoo! So it's it's great. It's awesome. Before you, before you disappear, where can people find you online? Oh, yeah. Um, everyone can find me everywhere. I um, am on every single platform with the same username. Very, very blessed to be able to do that um, with Olympia at Olympia Papa G. So O-L-Y-M-P-I-A for Olympia and then Papa G, P-A-P-A-G, because I cut my last name in half for those usernames um, because it's very long. And you can find my music um, on every single platform that you use. So Spotify and Apple, I guess, are the most popular. but you can really find it everywhere um, by just typing in Olympia Papa Giorgio or Olympia, again, Papa G. I should come up. I, I can't imagine there are too many Papa Giorgios out in the Spotify world, but um, you'll definitely find me. So, yeah, that's that's where to find me and never hesitate to reach out. I, I will DM right back when I have time. I will try my best, so please forgive me. But, yeah, you can find me anywhere. You actually are really quite responsive, though, when it comes to responding. To like I try posts, I, comments on posts or uh, oh yeah, yes. I I try not to skip one comment or one DM, and if I do, I always feel really horrible. I I try not to. Um, and yeah, I I'm really adamant about responding. And also for all those artists out there that need any like social media tips, you should always respond to every comment, unless it's disrespectful or inappropriate or something, you can always remove those, right? No one's going to make you respond just because the algorithm is whatever. But if you can respond to every comment, it's good for you because it shows the interaction and the engagement on your page, just as like a little a little tip. <laughs> so it's good. Is that Olympia's tip of the day? That is Olympia's tip of the day. Respond to people's comments. Also, okay, here's another tip before I go. <laughs> it's really, It's really important. When, um, and this is just in general, not even just because you're an artist, but, or as an artist, but it's really important to engage with the people who are paying attention to your music, because those are the people that can make a really big difference in your life, um, and in where your music goes. And if, you know, they'll buy merch or how they'll pay attention to you, like they really can push your music. You've got to make relationships with those people. So commenting back is awesome. I know when I comment on people's pages and I, that I like respect or like what they're doing or their art or whatever, and they respond, I feel really nice. Cause I'm like, Oh, they took the time out to be like, thank you. That was really kind. Do you know what I'm saying? That, that, that really adds value. So, and yeah, there you go. Tip number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Olympia, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure talking to you. Yes, yeah, same here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. We'll we'll talk soon for sure. Also, a big thanks to everyone who listens to our podcasts each week. Thank you so much for joining us for that. And we uh, hope you'll continue to listen to our podcasts. Hope you can join us next week for another episode of the Unsigned Chat podcast. But until then, have a great week. <laughs>